Welcome to the Job Shop Show, where we talk with the owners, suppliers, partners, and customers of custom manufacturers. Listen and learn the secrets of top-performing job shops, the tools, techniques, and backgrounds that have made them successful, all in the quest of raising the bar for custom manufacturing. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. This episode is sponsored by Paperless Parts, connecting buyers and suppliers of custom manufactured parts. The Paperless Platform is a secure, ITAR-compliant, cloud-based manufacturing system for suppliers that reduces the amount of time spent on sales, estimating, quoting, administration, and order processing. It offers seamless integration with the accounting and ERP software tools that shops already use, such as QuickBooks, E2, and JobBoss. Paperless Parts was founded with a mission to make manufacturing more accessible by streamlining the quote-to-cash process. Spend less time quoting and more time selling. This episode is sponsored by our friends at the NTMA, the National Tooling and Machining Association. The NTMA is an association of privately held, entrepreneurial-based, and family-owned businesses, representing nearly 1,200 small to mid-sized machine shops and tool and die shops across the country. They have approximately 30 very active regional chapters that host local events, run apprenticeship programs, and provide other services to their regional members. As an association of peers, the goal of the NTMA is to help members of the U.S. precision custom manufacturing industry achieve profitable growth and business success in a global economy through networking, workforce development and training, technology, best practices education, advocacy, programs, and services with industry partners. To learn how your company can get involved with the NTMA, including how to join, visit ntma.org. Shazam! This is Jay Jacobs. Welcome to the Job Shop Show. I am trying a slightly different format today and would appreciate your feedback on whether this is of value for you. In other words, should I do more? Please let us know in the comments section. So here's the concept. I often read articles or blog posts and have questions for the author and or subject of the article. So I decided to follow up in this manner in a podcast format. On today is Ashley Worley of Area Tool Manufacturing in Meadville, Pennsylvania. She and her company are the subject of an article published by Paperless Parts in the shop series titled, Does Your Shop Have a Succession Plan? The thrust of the article is, her family did not have a succession plan, and it made life really difficult. After reading it, I had a lot of questions on succession planning, particularly from first to second generation. I wanted to ask Ashley how she wished. I wanted to ask Ashley how she wished a succession plan could have been structured, and some of the obstacles that one might encounter in putting this in place, and how they could be overcome. Ashley is so gracious in sharing some of the very tough times she and her family went through and the lessons that she learned. I hope you find this conversation worthwhile. If you want to read the article, a link will be posted in the show notes. Welcome to the Job Shop Show, Ashley. Thank you, Jay. So I read your article in the shop on Paperless Parts website, and it's titled, Does Your Shop have a succession plan really hit me in the sense that, wow, it must have been so hard to lose your father, be grieving, 
and have to take over a business where there was no plan in place to do so. And succession planning, it's not easy in the first place because there's a lot of emotion involved in it, but it's certainly easier than having it happen on the fly. So I wanted to explore succession planning, that part specifically in the article, and really expand upon it in some of the areas that you touched upon, but you know, it's, it's an article, so you can't really dive in deep. And that's the idea of this podcast is we can, we can take the time to do so. Maybe we can start with you sharing your situation and what happened. Sure, Jay. Thank you. When I came on board at Area Tool, my dad had founded the company in 1976, and mm-hmm. I came on board in the office as an office manager. His right-hand office manager was retiring after, gosh, I think at the time it was 28, nearing 30 years. It was a great opportunity for me to finally jump into the family business and make some changes in the office that I felt you know, the timing was appropriate. And really from a long-term perspective, the idea was to learn the shop floor because I did not have a background at all in manufacturing other than having been around the shop as a kid, but I, I never worked here outside of, you know, helping shred papers and a few projects here and there. My brother had worked on the shop floor. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I believe the idea at the time was really to kind of meld me in the office side and my brother on the shop floor and and my dad really overseeing the entire operations. And unfortunately, it was only a a short four years into that journey that my dad passed away unexpectedly. And what ensued following that really I can look back now and look at it is just that domino effect. You know, my dad was the lead domino and when it fell everything around us sort of fell apart. Our sales manager left. We had a couple key personnel on the shop floor that had left. And as tough as it is to say, admittedly, they left because they had no faith in the future of the company. They knew that there was no succession planning. They knew that my dad was the driving factor behind the success of the company. And he, they knew very well that at the time, my brother and I were not equipped or prepared to run that business properly. The unfortunate part is it left us scrambling. It left us with, you know, departments that we could no longer fill customers' needs with. And it also left us with a very uncomfortable conversation with many customers that had done work with my dad for 30 plus years that didn't even know that he was ill. So there was some really tough conversations that we had to have with customers. They were rightfully scared as to, you know, were were we going to continue to be a viable source for them? So you had the, you had internal, a whole bunch of internal considerations and external considerations as well. Yes. And as you had said too, you're really, when you're going through a grieving process, you're also really not emotionally prepared to handle the stresses that come along with everything that we had to get figured out in a very quick manner to mm-hmm. determine whether or not area tool was going to continue moving forward or whether we were going to have to take a different direction that would really jeopardize the future of the employees that did choose to stay on board after my father passed. So one of the impacts that proper succession planning could have worked to our benefit is a sense of security 
that would have been instilled on our employees and certainly the comfort level of our customers. So let's bookmark that. I, just, I like the word security and maybe we could, we're going to definitely get back to that, but if we could start with, you said this happened four years into you taking over the role of the mm -hmm. office manager, two years before that, collectively, you had decided, you know, we should have a succession plan in place just in case something happens. How would you have gone about that? And what would it, I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of things where we can dive in, but how would you gone about it? What would it have consisted of? How would you maybe have then implemented parts of it? But that, that's where I'd like to sort of take us and think about what a, what a good succession plan would look like from someone who went through and had to live with one not being in place? I think one of the items that I've learned most about folks like my father, you know, uh, business owners who got their background with a, a garage shop, right? And that's really mm -hmm. how my dad and his partner started. They had a few grinders in a garage, literally a garage. Mm -hmm. It's how they yeah. started their business. And then, you know, the, the journeyman toolmaker path that they took, they're very proud of what they did. They were very proud of the businesses that they've created. And one thing, the approach I wish I would have taken was to sit my dad down and say, you know, this is your opportunity to drive your legacy. This is that opportunity to not question what this business is going to look like when you are no longer able or here at the helm. This is your chance to build exactly what you would want the future of this business to look like. Because mortality is a tough conversation, especially yeah. when you're family, right? It's yeah. uncomfortable and you don't want to necessarily address mortality. But what I think folks do want to talk about is legacy. And they do want to talk about why did you build this brick and mortar in 1976? It certainly couldn't have been to watch it all just go away at one point, right? I'd have to think yeah. that these folks have built these businesses because they want to see it go into second generation. They want to see it succeed and, and continue to provide for their employees and also for their customer base long after their ability to actually really see that into fruition. So I would have approached it from that perspective of legacy and reminding him what he had the opportunity to protect while he was still alive. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's a door opener that is not threatening and, and certainly builds upon what someone who has created the business, who has that pride, it gets them thinking beyond the day-to-day -day and whether it happens tomorrow or 30 years down the road, at some point, you're no longer going to be involved in the business. And do you want to leave it up to chance? Or do you want to actually have your fingerprints on hopefully what the future of the business will look like? Yeah, I, I really like that. So you've had that initial conversation. What then are parts of the succession plan that you would want to try to piece together? I would have loved to have had the opportunity to bring in key employees 
that Mm -hmm. have really helped build the business to what it was to really talk out about roles, you know, where could we use people's strengths to the best advantage and also you know, from an accounting perspective and and a legal perspective, pull in those experts in their areas to help really build the absolute best chance for success. Sure. So let's take the legal one first. And maybe a owner is not ready to have this conversation, but at least it gets them thinking about it. But you said your brother was working in the business. Is he still working in the business? He is not. He left to take a different direction a few years ago. Yeah. So the conversation, whether it's a single child or multiple children or nieces, nephews, you know, how was the company going to be structured? How, how dad do you see the company structured if you're no longer involved? Who's, there's got to be one, one person in charge. And if it's one person, if you're the only child, it's pretty easy. But if there's several children, it's okay, well, you don't want to pick favorites, but one person has to be in charge. And, and did you bring in any outside people to help facilitate conversations, you know, I'd say almost like a counselor or a therapist type thing to, to well, make you those conversations couple, easier? Yeah, I can speak to a couple points there that the conversation of having multiple children and what direction to take the business was probably the leading cause as to why my father did not have succession planning. Mm. He was not one that wanted to sort of have those difficult conversations. And it's not that they needed to be difficult, but right. I think sometimes it was, he, he led with a parent hat, uh, as mm. opposed to a, a business owner hat. And, th- and there was good things and bad things to that, but without getting into the details necessarily surrounding our personal dynamics, I do think yeah. it's important for any business looking at succession planning, whether they do have just one child in the business, or maybe they have multiple children is it's important to have the conversations where you might be able to uncover information that you've made assumptions about mm-hmm. as opposed to actual facts where maybe you do have multiple children, but by having this conversation about succession planning, you might find out that one of them really had the desire to go down a completely different path, but felt that they had to, to forge down this road because of the family name right? They Mm -hmm. felt like, you know what, I've got to go into the family business because that's what we're supposed to do. And maybe in having those tough conversations and uncovering that that's not the best fit for that individual, it actually is the better decision for the company for the future. And you may even find if it is just one child, but you've got a key employee out on the shop floor that maybe has never expressed interest in a leadership position. But you bring Mm -hmm. them in and you start having these conversations and you find you've got this diamond on the floor that has all these great leadership ideas or all these personality traits that flow really well in with the corporate culture that you're trying to create. But you didn't know because you didn't have that conversation. And Mm. I think if you can remind folks that 
a lot of good comes out of what potentially feels like difficult conversations, people are less likely to avoid those conversations. You said it was hard for your father. Do you think it would have been hard for you and your brother to have those conversations as equally as hard? I'm trying to think of how you crack that nut and make those conversations happen. I can tell you it was a lot harder having those conversations in a time of grief than it would have been without that extra stress. It was a conversation that we did end up having a few years ago, just for folks that maybe didn't read the article is when my father passed away, because we didn't have a succession plan, the business was left to my mom. Okay. And my mom had obviously been around the business, but had a career outside of manufacturing of her own. So that was a a tough transition, you know, integrating her into the business after my brother and I had been there and then, you know, trying to move that business forward. So we ended up having to have a succession planning partway through, you know, the transition of my father being gone with my mom. And that conversation, we did include our legal counsel. We included our accountants in that conversation. And I really took a backseat to the conversation. Um, Uh For me, it was important to understand what my mom's vision was and what my brother's vision was. And if we could get all three of us to come to the table, so to speak, with the idea of continuing to move the business forward in the best light. And that conversation was a lot easier to have when we weren't going through the grieving process. So I can only anticipate that if my brother and I would have been able to bring my dad down to the table and sit and have that conversation, a lot of good would have came from it at a time. That do you think the, do you think it sounds like the lawyer and your accountant, led the conversation, facilitated it? Yes. Okay. So that made it easier as opposed to you sitting across the table from your mom and your brother trying to figure it out. They have, they, they know, number one, they've probably been through this multiple times. So they know the questions they ask, the the parameters that need to be brought to the table, discussed, decided upon. So how long had you been with your legal and your accountant? Were they longtime members of the team or were they relatively new? No, they were long time. Um, They've been our legal and accountant advice actually since my father founded the company. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I love that too, because there's somebody who has a history with you who can make some observations that someone who is brand new just isn't going to have that knowledge. And something something might be really important that they wouldn't be aware of. You had that succession planning conversation later on. Can you share sort of what parameters, what things you decided on from a legal and accounting standpoint that perhaps were unclear and, and possibly could have been decided in a succession plan? I believe the biggest nugget that we sort of walked away with was really clarifying roles and responsibilities and who was going to take what position. I remember when my dad passed away, there was no direction. I was the office manager at the time. My brother was doing purchasing. 
and mm-hmm. here we are. So who who's doing what and who's, I don't like to use the term, but quote unquote, who's in charge? Yes. Nobody was designated. And the challenges that I faced, especially from a personnel perspective, is how I was trying to give direction on the shop floor. And for the most part, it was well received, but you certainly did have folks that sort of sat back and thought, well, why are you telling me what to do? Who Mm. put you in charge? Some of those difficult interactions wouldn't have existed if we had clear roles laid out in the events of an ownership change, who steps into what roles, having that being communicated to your employees really could have eliminated a lot of the conflict that I had to end up dealing with on the shop floor because somewhat of my nature, I just sort of stepped in and Mm -hmm. thought, well, somebody's got to do it. So it might as well be me. And it did create a little bit of conflict on the floor that I, I really truly believe with the proper succession planning could have been avoided from day one. I love this. So you, you, I, I sometimes get a little into technical, okay, how's this going to be structured on that legal and accounting, but you got to make sure the business is running and the clarifying roles and responsibility and who's going to be doing what. And then you have that part, decided upon. And then as you talked about before, you can bring key team members in and say, hey, we, we hope nothing is going to happen. But just in case, we want to let you know, here's a succession plan. And we want to understand what, where you think you might fit in, where you want to fit in, where you would want your role to do you, do you want to keep doing the same thing? Do you want to expand it, move into a leadership, whatever? Sounds like that. It, that's a good sort of then step two in part in terms of roles and responsibilities. Yes. And I think a lot of people think that just applies to a small shop like ours, but I really think that much larger companies could also benefit from having some of those conversations with, with the folks on their shop floor um, and, and being able to kind of take advantage of maybe that, that diamond in the rough that you didn't know existed. Mm. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of just because we've always done something a certain way doesn't mean we can't do it better and different. And you just don't mm-hmm. realize what your folks on the shop floor see until you start having conversations with that. Do you think some of the folks who left, like your sales manager, would have stayed if they had the confidence and you used the word earlier, security about the future of the business? I think it would have made their decision to leave definitely a lot harder if they hadn't been able to see the direction up front. I do think it would have given people in those key roles confidence that the business was able to thrive, that it had the right resources. You know, of course, being a small company like we are and people create relationships. And, and fortunately for us, folks had a immense amount of respect for my father. And I can't say that it, it wouldn't have still been difficult for them to work here without my dad. You know, there's some people for yeah. personal reasons just feel, you know, Hey, I need to, to sort of yeah. wash my hands and have a clean slate. But the anxiety that I can imagine if I was sitting in that position, the anxiety I would feel if this company I had just spent the last 25 years working for 
you know, the key person, the, the driving force behind that business were to all of a sudden be gone and there to be no direction or what I like to say, you know, scrambled eggs. How do you separate, you know, I think I would have had a hard time committing to a company that didn't have a plan in place. So huge benefit to bringing your team in ahead of time. Let's move over to the customers. It sounds like there was a lot of, and probably still long-term customers with area tool. And what would you have included with the customers as part of a succession plan? You know, it gets you a little unique with your customers because you don't really want to necessarily be a complete open book, so to speak. Um, But I do think the communication would really be driven on a where we have your long-term best interests in heart. You know, we are Mm -hmm. planning successions so that you know that we will continue to be a reliable vendor and a reliable source. And again, it's, it's giving that customer, right, that, that warm and fuzzy feeling that they know that their security in them leaning on you as a, a lead supplier for their parts and that you do have your ducks in a row, so to speak, to continue mm-hmm. on being a provider for them long-term and, and not leaving them scrambling or wondering whether they're going to be able to continue to rely on. On you. Some, some more letting them know that, hey, in case you're wondering, we do have a succession plan in place and hope we'll never have to use it, but the business will continue to run and be, and we will continue to be a good supplier for you. Right. And Would I've actually you- started to notice we're, we're ISO certified here. So yeah. a lot of the customer or then I should say supplier questionnaires that come out, we usually are able to just, you know, s- show that we're ISO certified and, and, and send mm-hmm. that on. But I've, I've had some opportunities to scroll through some, and I'm finding that some of the much larger OEMs per se are actually starting to ask that question. Um, so specifically they're asking what, what structure they're asking okay. about what, if it is, you know, hundred percent owner with one person, what is the succession planning? And I find it interesting that that is starting to slowly filter in. Hmm. Interesting. Would you have suggested to your father that other people in the company become a little more involved with customers or accompany him? I don't know if he went out and visited customers himself or when they came in, how the meetings were held, but is that something that would have been valuable and part of the succession planning? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we are finding now, and certainly as a result of, of the way we do business now, right? We, mm-hmm. we aren't quite so much going door to door anymore. Right. Certainly he and, and his sales manager did. But what's been unique is we have a lot more meetings with engineers on products, revision changes that they're making. And I have brought in those particular individuals that are going to be a part of that particular assembly, maybe that they're making so that they can see the inner workings from point A to point B. And nice. it's been invaluable because you're not getting that trickle down third party information. It's not just me talking to the customer and then relaying to my CNC machinist what the customer wants. I'm bringing that machinist in, they're actually speaking directly with the customer and we're eliminating really that 
any opportunity for the information to not get to the end user the way that it should. And is that different than when your dad was running the shop? Oh, absolutely. And mm. I think that's a bit more of just the way we do business now. Okay. But I don't know that we would have done that had how had we not been in the position that we're in now. So it is yeah. something that shops that aren't doing it now could benefit from. Don't wait until you have to mm. use it. Right. So where I'm getting oh, at with that is that, so my background isn't manufacturing. I, I've never run a machine. Yeah. I, I'm dangerous enough. I know how to read a blueprint. I pretty much can understand what milling or turn work needs to be done to a part, but I don't physically machine the parts. I can identify difficult features, but I certainly <laughs> can't explain to an engineer why it's difficult to machine. So we're, yeah. we're bridging that gap. And I just would encourage other shops who maybe the owner did run the machines. Maybe the owner was a journeyman toolmaker and he's easy to have these conversations with his customers. So maybe he or she forgets that you can still benefit from really connecting your leaders on your shop floor with your customers. It just elevates the overall customer experience. I 100% agree. I think there's so many benefits. You, you don't have a chance of miscommunication mm -hmm. from one person to another. You make the customer feel good because they see that there is a team there. And then certainly the folks at your company are, it's good for them and their sense of pride in the work that they're included in these conversations, that they're valued to be able to contribute with the customer that that their experience and knowledge has that value. So, so many benefits to bringing the people in. I, I also think as an owner, selfishly, I, I look and, and see sometimes owners, they want to hold these things close to them because they, they have that knowledge and they, they are really good at it. I remember there were things when I was at Rapid, I was really good at, but the reality is there's other people who can do it. And if you are not the only person doing it, then you don't have to always do it. And that can free you up to do other things, like maybe go to your kid's soccer game and <laughs> let someone else in the shop have that conversation with the customer. It's, it is so liberating to sort of let go and have faith in your people. And, and yeah, they'll maybe not do it exactly the way you want to do it, or they may drop the ball once in a while. But if their intentions are good, you know, this is part of the ability to grow is to be able to delegate. And the first step is to just bring them into these meetings and include them. So I, I love that. I think you're definitely doing something right there. Thank you. Yeah. I had an idea too. I, I want to say, you know, titles are cheap as they say. And if you were, instead of being maybe the office manager at the company, if you had a title of VP of administration or something like that, where it made you sound real important, it, that, that probably would have been beneficial from the customer perspective as well. 
I would agree. We had a couple customers that, that knew I was John's daughter. Mm-hmm. The bulk of them didn't, even though we had the same last name for a you know, period of time <laughs> there, there was, there was no connection and it really took some time and a lot of effort on my part to gain regain confidence from our customers in me personally because mm-hmm. they really did see that transition of well, wait you were the one answering the phone every time I called and now you're mm-hmm. now you're running the shop floor uh, there's a disconnect and so even having done some introductions while my dad was still alive both from my brother and I, I think would have also given our customers a chance to realize that even though my dad was the sole owner, it was indeed a family business, right? Both of his children were employed here in roles, day-to-day activity, right? We weren't just, you know, the kids that showed up at noon and left to go golfing at two, Uh, (laughs) you know, we were the kids that were here, you know, eight or 10 hours a day, boxing up your parts and making sure that all of the paperwork was being done correctly. That kind of goes back to the, you asked, how would you integrate the customer into succession planning? I think just letting your key buyers, your key engineers at your customers know that you are indeed a family business because some of them have no idea. Yeah. And although you may have been answering the phones and even if you had a title of VP of admin, the conversations you have outside of work hours during family gatherings. It's just naturally some of it's going to be about work. And the fact that you were out on the shop floor, maybe not making parts, but you certainly knew the types of machines, you knew the people, you knew it's it's not, uh, you, you weren't an island within the business with no knowledge of anything else that was going on. So to be able to communicate that and share that although we are a family business and we have defined roles, we overlap and understand what each other does as well. Right. There's one other aspect, which I don't know if it became an issue at all for you guys or, or not, but the tax planning can be really important in how you set up the transfer down the road of the business from one generation to another. Was that something that was an obstacle at any point? Or if you look back, were there ways that it could have been done better? Yeah, it it certainly became an obstacle because it wasn't handled when it should have been handled. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, because when my dad passed away and and the business was left to my mom, as you know, that all transferred, Mm -hmm. you know, status quo. But when you fast forward, it's been 11 years now since my father's passed and not to, to age my mom out of respect for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was some, some age that, that came into play when yeah. we as a family started to look at what would happen from a tax perspective to the business sure. when my mother would pass. Because when we redid her will, there was some basic succession planning discussed um, mm-hmm. to handle the way the business would transfer. But it became as a few years continued to go on. And unfortunately, you look at mortality and that that gap gets smaller as the years go on. Unfortunately, we were really forced to make a move when 
maybe not everybody was ready simply because of tax consequences that would have then been put on to my brother and I, which we all knew ultimately was never my father's intention. You know, when he created this business, it was never meant to go through the tax structure in a way that would financially damage the company. So in other words, to deliberately to scare people if they're listening, you could lose the company as the second generation if it's not set up in the right tax advantaged way when the first generation is either transferring it to you or passes whether expectedly or unexpectedly. There's there's huge ramifications by not thinking of this ahead of time. And if you structure it correctly, you can really minimize or even make it so there are no taxes paid at all upon the transfer. Correct. And that that is the stake in the ground that you just said. Not having the proper preparation can actually cause your second generation to, to have to close the business if you are not mindful of the tax. And, 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 and as much legacy planning as you've done in terms of roles and responsibilities and all that, it's all for naught if you don't have that tax structure in place. Correct. Yeah. So we have talked about succession planning from a number of angles. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that we didn't cover? I, I think you did a really great job. It is a topic I enjoy talking about now, not <laughs> not while I was in the thick of it. You know, and hopefully folks that listen to this, if one or two or 10 even or more benefit from what I had to experience or go through, then that's kind of the win is to help other folks preserve what they've built, place it in the future hands of the right individuals. When one manufacturing shop wins, it helps the entire community. And I think that we're at a place right now where manufacturing is is certainly at a turning point where, you know, the, the sky is really kind of the limit right now if we can all continue to ride the waves a little bit and continue mm. to be successful. But I think that we're in a position now where as manufacturers, we really do need to share what works and what doesn't work with one another so that we can all collectively move forward together. Well, that was unintentionally a fantastic way to wrap up. And I appreciate you putting it so elegantly. Thank you so much for coming on, for taking the time to share your story, to put out these insights from unfortunately gone through an experience where it wasn't so much fun. And yeah, really appreciate you being so open, Ashley. And I wish you and your company so much success in the future. seems like you, you really have got a bright future and I, I love, you know, going through your website and talking with you and reading the article. Yeah. You guys are an awesome shop and the future seems so bright for you. Well, thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate it. All right. So I turn to the listener. Obviously, the question today is, do you have a succession plan? And if you don't, what are you going to do about it? So please think about it, 
chew on it. If you are an owner and conversations are difficult for you, try to initiate it. And, and if you can't think about someone who could be a facilitator between you and folks who you think would, would be involved in the succession. So thanks for listening. And until next time, keep those lasers cutting and those spindles turning. Have a super day. Thanks for listening to the Job Shop Show podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I read every single one, it also helps me understand what content matters most to you. Thanks again for listening to the Job Shop Show.